time to buy in. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. This week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore income strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm Sean Harris, and to the left of me is the wizard of wealth management, the soldier of fortune, Mr. Money, Mr. Jess Hamill. Good morning. And to my right is the pioneer of private lending, the master of Main Street, the people's champion, Mr. Jaden Newman. Why, thank you, Sean. Welcome to the airwaves, gentlemen. How are you guys doing this fine Sunday morning? I'm having a great morning. How about you? I'm doing good. Did you guys both set your clocks back? I didn't. I'm I, uh, I wasn't too concerned about it. I just got up when okay. I got up. That well, makes two of us. I, yeah, I mean, is, is spring here? Yeah, and actually, I'm, I'm glad you didn't set your clocks back. Because you're supposed to set them forward. Got us. Yes, yes, sir. Surprised you guys showed up on time. <laughs> we would have been Didn't two hours off, right? Or, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys you, you guys must have clocks that set themselves automatically to the time change. Te- technology. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. iPhone, right? That runs everything. Beautiful. Right. Beautiful. You, you don't, Sean? Um, no, no. I, I, just use, I just use an hourglass. How <laughs> Old I, school. Yeah. You know, get one of those shadows out in the backyard with a, with a yeah. dial there. I, I st- yeah, sundial, and I still have to wind my watch every morning. You know. Old but, school. Yeah, I, I don't like relying too much on technology. I like to do it the old-fashioned way. I can but, appreciate that. So for those of you who may be listening for the first time, we are Noble Capital Wealth Management. We're a financial advising and income planning firm based here in Austin, Texas. Last week's episode was Best Friend, Worst Enemy, and we talked about how time influences your approach to income planning. And that one was actually really interesting for me, guys, because it kind of shows – some some different ways to think about income planning and to think about retirement based on your age and your goals. So that was really good. It's really yeah, good for I'm me. Glad guys. you enjoyed it. It was it was a good episode. Yeah. Well, so I've got a joke for you guys. Why does a milking stool only have three legs? Crickets. I don't know, man. You have to enlighten me on that. Because the cow has the udder. <laughs> oh, okay. That was terrible. That was it. Thanks for laughing, though. Did you get that, that from your elementary age to job? Very <laughs> generous of you. I got it from my, my list of dad jokes. There you go. I was so. going to say, I think I may have heard that on Barney about 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> but that, that actually kind of segues into today's episode, which is entitled The One-Legged Stool. And... The the concept of the three-legged stool, I think, is what we – a lot of people base their views of retirement income on, right? So 
what the heck is the three-legged stool anyway? I don't know so much that people are basing their retirement philosophy on the three-legged stool as much as following the philosophy they saw with their parents and grandparents that was based on the three-legged stool because anybody that's really paying attention knows that we're, we're short at least one leg. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you that don't know, the three-legged stool came back out um, early, you know, nineteenth or twentieth century, and the concept there was that for retirement, everybody had a three-legged stool. Um, you had a pension, you had Social Security, and then a little bit of savings to supplement that. That was kind of the, that was part of the New Deal that mm-hmm. came out. Um, worked pretty well when the majority of the company or the country was, uh, you know, blue collar, so to speak. Lots of factory workers. Um, everybody had a pension, and nobody was living that much longer um, past sixty-five in retirement. Uh, sixty-five meant that you were worn out. And you're being replaced with a 25 or 30 year old. You went home, sat on the couch, played with the grandkids for a while, and you didn't do much. Mm-hmm. So the, the difference now is people are, you hear me say this all the time, people are living larger in retirement a lot of times than they were when they were working. Yeah. Um, so we're needing a lot more money. <clears throat> we're living a lot longer. Um, so that money's got to last even longer. And then you take out the pension, which is basically a continued pay, continual paycheck through death. And, uh, you know, we've got to go to a completely different philosophy on trying to plan for that. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, and living larger during retirement, that's really what it's all about. You know, we want to have those resources to do what during retirement? Live with lifestyle, confidence, and fulfillment. Boom. See, I knew. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, this whole three-legged stool thing, like this is th- – this might have worked for our fathers and our father's fathers. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the, just, just the concept, just removing the pension leg alone – and of course, social security is wobbly, but we're not going to try to run scare tactics and tell you you're not going to get social security. Right. Some, of, some but, of our clients decide to sort of not count that in, in, in their plan, but just the pension factor alone makes for a pretty wobbly stool. Have you ever sat in a two-legged stool? No, I can't say I have. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I would uh, anticipate doing that ever, honestly. Yeah. And why, why are we even talking stools anyway? I'd rather, I'd rather sit on a whole, like, you know, big treasure chest yeah, instead of a stool. Bench with six right legs, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's interesting because when we, when we build a plan, there is usually six, seven, eight income yeah. streams coming in in, in our uh, retirement income plan, Sean. Most of which mimic pensions. That's so right. So they're by design. So is is that then uh, – would you consider that multiple stools or is that just a really sturdy stool with like eight legs? I think it's a well-built stool built by a craftsman. Built by a craftsman. Mm-hmm. So it's not – this is not an Ikea stool we're talking no, about. This stool. is not a template. This is, this, is, this is not everybody gets the same thing and has to assemble it themselves. No, right? it's tailored to individual people and well-built. You know, the joints are all glued and screwed. It's nice and solid. Nothing's going anywhere. Yeah, earlier you mentioned uh, a pension. What is is a pension? Well, I had a client say that a pension is now, when you talk to millennials, they'll they'll think about it for a minute and say something like, you know, isn't that isn't that when you live at home with mom and dad? (laughs) I mean, that's the new pension, right? Well, I've I've got a a young one that's almost twenty years old, and and he's. He's on the mom and dad pension at, at home, so you've given him a pension. Yeah, yep. well, he he works, he does work, but uh, no, he's he's still drawing that pension. He's yeah, drawing problem, it early. <laughs> problem is, by the time the pension was designed to actually be a pension, there's usually not mom and dad still around. Yeah, yeah. Well, in this case, mom and dad are still around, and he's he's drawing that that good old pension. Uh, so you mentioned also there is. 
Social Security is another leg of that. And then you have your retirement accounts. Like, right. uh, can you just give the folks out there uh, a quick example of, of what you're talking about? Here? Well, there's going to be three three primary you know classes there. You've got non-qualified, which is money in the bank. You've got qualified, which is a mixture of traditional IRA and Roth. They're both IRAs. They both have the same rules for the most part. Just one is tax deferred and one is not. Okay. Um, but it's a matter of you know, regardless of how you've accumulated that nest egg, whether it's it's subject to the IRS rules for retirement or it's just a big pile of money. Um, if you think about working for 30 to 40 years of your adult life and from that you need to not only live and have fun but fund another 30 years or so with no paycheck Mm -hmm. Um, the amount that you have to develop in a savings account or a savings vehicle is just is ridiculously huge when you start doing the math it's not enough most of the time yeah so you you mentioned qualified and non-qualified so i have a 401k what uh, what category would that fall into? That's qualified. It, it qualifies for the IRS's rules on retirement accounts, which okay. are things that have strings attached to them. There's different rules on how you can utilize them and when. So your non-qualified would be kind of just like your, your traditional savings and maybe some other types of in- investments? Correct. So by definition, a non-qualified asset or account is, is something that does not qualify for the IRS's rules on retirement. So your toaster is a non-qualified asset. The money in your bank, nice. um, a, a, a rental property, those are all non-qualified. You can't retire on a toaster, can you? <laughs> Not very long. <laughs> okay. Well, in in just a minute, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to dig just a little bit more um, into this this idea. But really what I think we want to get at here is that this traditional thinking about your retirement income just doesn't exist anymore, does it? No, most people aren't thinking about it as an income situation. They're thinking about it as what I call a spin down. You got a pile of money, spin it down, hope that you run out before it does. Yeah, and that's really interesting because, and I think I've mentioned this before, but you hear people saying retirement savings. I've got to save for retirement. And I think the sort of drawdown method is really, you know, kind of people's idea of what of what retirement looks like. But we're here to tell you that that is not the case because what we do is we design retirement income plans so you're actually making money during retirement. So if you want to learn a little bit more about this concept, you can actually come to one of our retirement blueprint dinners. We hold these a couple times a month, and we have one coming up March 26th at Trulux. So just go to noblecapital.com and click on Retirement Dinners. You can RSVP right there on the website. And we will be right back, folks. Talk 1370. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show where we've been discussing the concept of the three-legged stool, which is how people have traditionally thought about funding their retirement. So guys, we talked a little bit about what the three-legged stool looks like, what it means, what are the main forms of income that people used to rely on. But... The title of this episode is The One-Legged Stool. So clearly, we don't have a lot of those forms of retirement income anymore. And if we do, they're not as strong as they once were 
back when our parents retired and their parents retired and so on. So why, why do we only have a one-legged stool today? What, what's the difference in the sort of economic landscape? Well, the two legs that are missing are the pension and significant savings. Um, and it's not so much that the savings aren't there. It's that the situations that the savings, the savings are needed for aren't enough anymore. We're living longer. It's too hard to save up enough to cover that in that next 20 or 30-year spread. Okay. Um, I think corporate America, in an attempt to try to increase the bottom line now, um, got away from pensions and started funding 401ks. It was a way to still provide something for their workers but still have a lot less liability um, in the long run, and that just became it became the norm. And pension just kind of all but evaporated. They're not completely gone. There's still plenty of people out there that have pensions, but it's a very small segment of society. And what's interesting is uh, there's a subset of the of the pensions that still do exist that are at risk and struggling. You know, some of these government pensions you you read about almost uh, every month. You hear about a pension fund that seems like it's in trouble. It's underfunded. It's not sustainable. So a lot of smart corporations pulled out seeing that that was going to be difficult to, to to keep the promises and maintain the pensions a lot of my clients um, you know work for big companies that they they took one bite at the apple and, and and just changed the structure of the pension essentially said we're going to pay you less and then the second bite was we just aren't offering a pension anymore you're going to just a traditional 401k mm-hmm. so What's interesting is, you know, the 401k now provides uh, usually a, a good amount of money if if you participate in it and pay into it your whole career, you end up with this this big, you know, retirement account. But the question is, since it's not a, a guaranteed lifetime pension that you can set up mailbox money for you and or you and your spouse mm-hmm. for the rest of your life, what do I do with this big lump sum in my 401k to to essentially replace or replicate what a pension would have done for me. And also get it out of a risk, risk scenario. Right. So, you know, I mean, what you said is pretty much accurate unless you retired in 2000 or 2007 or 8. Then all of a sudden there was a problem. Right. Because naturally your 401k is in risk positions. Yeah, it's exposed to and, the market swings. And you don't really think about that transition. Mm-hmm. We have people come in that, that retired, had have the opportunity to reposition and set up their 401k for retirement, but they just still have it in there because they haven't made any changes. You know, it's just kind of like people are slow to change. Maybe they don't know, uh, it fell off their radar, and then that would be the worst case, what Jess is describing. You have a, a downturn hit, your 401k goes from 800000 or Two million, and it gets cut in half over over a couple of years, and you you panic and sell, and then start trying to figure out how you're going to make ends meet in retirement after that. Yeah, you <clears throat> you mentioned making ends meet, which reminds me of a really interesting quote that I saw the other day, and it it, it the quote says about the time we can make ends meet, somebody moves the ends. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Any idea who said that? I do not, but I like it. It's one of our former presidents, Mr. Reagan. Herbert Hoover. <laughs> and uh, that's actually pretty poignant considering most people uh, believe that he's sort of responsible for the Great Depression. <laughs> you know? It is a bit ironic. But yeah. Um, no, but that makes that makes total sense to me. You mentioned pensions, Jaden, are at risk, the ones that even do exist still. Why, why are they at risk? You know – 
Everybody remembers Enron. That was really the first oh, kind of yeah. in-your-face issue of, whoa, wait a minute. What do you mean a pension's not guaranteed? It's not uh, – you know, the underlying assets are not uh, super conservative. Um, they don't mimic the ret- the uh, insurance company-type investments. And it's just a matter of money. You know, if, if I'm – I'm not saying I would do this, but if I'm a big corporation and I'm having to fund a pension fund, I can fund it in super, super low-risk Almost all guaranteed or, or as close to guaranteed as possible investments, but it's going to take more capital up front to achieve the same thing in the end than I could potentially get by going with a more risk-based scenario. So now you've got these pension managers that are actually managing these pension funds much like a 401k or any other um, you know, risk-based asset. They're out there just trying to make sure they can keep up with it, and when it goes wrong, it goes wrong. Yeah, I mean somebody ran the numbers saying I've, you know, I've, we got to hit a 6.5% return mm. in order to have a sustainable pension fund. For for us to keep our promises, mm-hmm. and and then all of a sudden there's this compression on on interest rates and yeah. bonds, and and that's that's where a lot of this money's invested is in in bonds and in these pensions. Mm-hmm. That's looked at as kind of a safe long term investment right. to support the pensions, but with the compression of, of rates, now they're not able to hit that that yield, mm-hmm. and it's you know get, guess who's gonna who's gonna suffer the consequences there. So are some pensions kind of more at the mercy of markets than others, depending on how they're structured how they're and, and what they're invested in? Absolutely. Okay. And then you've got the one thing that we all really don't want to think about is corruption and, and embezzlement. <clears throat> you know, when you start talking about any kind of government-run pension fund in Chicago or mm. anywhere near Cook County, you know, there's somebody's got their hand, and I, I bet you 30 or 40 percent of that's getting you know, smoked up somewhere else and it's not even part of market law. Oh, come on, Jess. There's no corruption in finance or politics. Well, no. <laughs> Especially in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago is what I'm more referring to. <laughs> Thank We're God for Texas. Three, right? of the, three of the last four governors are in prison right now. You know, that should tell you something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know the, that's right. Uh, you know, I just, as quick as I said, thank God we're in Texas. There was, there was an article on the Dallas Police un, uh, Union pension being in trouble just a couple months ago. I mean, if you go do your research, you'll find that several different groups. Um, pension groups are, are signaling that there's potential trouble ahead, and we've had clients come in that yeah. that actually have been have asked, "Can we? Can I just? Should I take the lump sum and just get my money the hell out of the the pension accounts? Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to trust them. I'd like to set something up that I have more control over and more right. more visibility into. And that's amazing. So you know, you're referring to a particular client that came in about two or three months ago with a great pension from a really big company that, that most consumers would not have any issue with. And he said, I, I just, I don't trust it. I'm going to take the lump sum. What can we do to mimic what I was supposed to get from them in a situation that I can be more comfortable with? That was, it was pretty surprising. Yeah. And that, that's interesting that you bring up that there, there's no visibility into a pension really, or at least not as much into how, how your, your money's being invested. And you certainly don't have any say if your company is managing this pension. I mean, it's, it's really, you're at their mercy, right? Buckle up. You're, you're along for the ride. And, you know, I, and I would just pause because this is pretty heavy. What we're talking about, just, just reaching out to you, the listener right now. I mean, if, if you're in this boat right now where you have a pension and you, maybe you have a lump sum option, that this is very common for people to come in and, and reach out to us to to run an analysis to look at if I keep my pension and accept the risk, uh, how much income can I generate from that versus what could you generate for me from other alternative pension vehicles 
with giving me more control and less risk. And that's, that's something we'd be happy to do for you. Just reach out to us and, and let, let's get you in to, to visit about that if that's important to you. Yeah, you can just go to noblecapital.com. All of our contact information is there on the website. Feel free to reach out to us. You know, you can also come see us at one of our retirement blueprint dinners if you want to learn a little bit more about how we approach uh, retirement income planning in general. Um, <clears throat> we have one actually coming up March 26th at Trulux. And again, noblecapital.com, you can click on retirement dinners right there on the homepage and you can RSVP for whichever event fits your schedule. And back to the topic of, of visibility, when you come in and sit down with Jess and go over your finances, your strategy for your retirement income, it's completely transparent. You know what you're being invested in, when you're going to receive that income, how much income you're going to receive for the rest of your life. I mean, all those, all those options we put on the table, uh, we give you sort of our, our, our best take on it and you know exactly where it's going. So we're going to take a break, folks, but we're going to dig in when we get back to how to put some more legs back on this retirement income stool. Hang on, folks. We'll be right back. Just joining us, we're exploring how the three-legged stool of retirement income has lost its legs and why. In the last segment, we were talking about some of the things that have changed people's thinking about a traditional retirement income strategy. And now we're going to talk about some of the ways that you can put some legs back on that stool of your retirement income. So Jess, obviously, your your main job here is to build income plans. I'm a stool builder. You are a stool builder. You are a craftsman. You are a carpenter. So what are some of the, the other forms of, of income that we can help clients, if they so choose, uh, set up for their retirement? That's a real broad question. Um, I'm not trying to avoid anything specific. We got plenty of time. We're try not to get into a first <laughs> appointment here on the radio or try sure. Jake says cut your hair over the phone. Yeah. Um, but it's a, you know, it's a matter of taking fixed assets and repositioning them into income streams that you either cannot outlive or that are guaranteed long enough into the future that you've got a really small chance of outliving it and then having a backup plan for that. Okay. You want to diversify into multiple streams, and not just for the sake of diversity. Each of these has its own specific use. Some are more geared towards longevity. Some are more geared towards tax efficiency. Some are more geared towards um, principal preservation. So we want to get a mixture of all of those so that we've got the most efficient way to preserve the principal, not pay any more tax than we need to, and make sure we don't run out of money. Another way to say it, Sean, you know, just sticking with your three-legged stool analogy – the you know the when a client comes in to see us you know Jess is going to ask them straight up how many legs do you want me to put on your stool because there there are some people that are okay with a you know a three-legged stool they might come in and realize okay you're right i i now only have a two-legged stool mm-hmm. um give me or, one more leg yeah give me one more put put that pension leg back on there and and i'll be happy right 
Uh, some people might want a, a four, five, six, seven, eight-legged stool, and it, it really comes back to understanding the level of risk you're taking, not not just in your overall portfolio, as we say. That's important, and we'll always keep our eye on that, but also how much risk are we taking on each leg of that stool? Because if you have a, a, what you think is a leg of the stool that breaks or gets wobbly on you, and you're trying to live retirement with lifestyle confidence and fulfillment, you're, you're going to take a spill. And, you know, some, some of the listeners I know, as you hear this, is this is kind of a replay, you know, you're, you're seeing uh, how this all kind of comes together. And, mm-hmm. and the, the, the thing that I want to keep emphasizing is that this is not a dress rehearsal. You know, we, we get one shot at this thing. Yeah. And there, there's only so, so much of a window of time when you have your health and you, you, you as your, your, your spouse has their health and you have the ability to enjoy um, retirement together in, in your what we call your, your golden years, your, your go-go years, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to your no-go years. So we want to come alongside and help you build that to to your level of comfort that that's going to help you achieve that lifestyle confidence and fulfillment that you deserve in retirement yeah and certainly the more legs you have on that stool the more stable it's going to be right you're kind of talking about if one leg breaks which that may be you know your your higher risk investments that that you are not very predictable but if you have eight legs on your stool and one of them breaks you're still okay yeah that's a good point you know we always talk about making sure we've got at least three legs um so you know you come in with a two-legged stool you got social security and you got some savings mm-hmm. when to add another leg to it we've got a pension now we've got three points of contact and the stool is stable but if one of them's too short the uh, social security is not long enough we're having to you know put salt packets up underneath that i guess right. mm-hmm. and if the other one is a market-based account then you know it's probably not the most stable and steady stool there so we can also improve the legs that are there by shoring them up a little bit and making sure they're a little bit more steady yeah that's good that's good jess the the, the beautiful thing though too is in reality the way it works is you know usually don't just put your you know four five six seven legs on at age 55 or 60 Usually, when when I when I look at your the plans that we build, you're you're adding legs to the stool as as you know a client continues to age and get get basically less and less appetite for income sources coming from uncertain accounts and in in trading that for more certainty. But I do want the listeners to hear, Sean, that that doesn't this doesn't mean that there's not other assets that are working and growing that aren't even part of that that stool. We're talking about where you're sitting on on your income plan. But some people, you know, hear this and they're like, "Well, just does that mean we're not even growing our money anymore at this point?" And, no, not at all. It's, it's a matter of of what you rely on versus what you're not actually relying on for your lifestyle. I don't want to rely on something that is a variable scenario for something that I want to be able to plan definitely. So if I can get your income sorted out reliably, predictably, um, where you know exactly what you've got coming in, then everything else on top of it is just gravy. Yeah, and this is kind of where timing comes in as well, too, because even if you are retired and and you're receiving some of your retirement income, you're probably not receiving all of those retirement income streams at once, right? I mean, you have – some income streams that are probably still working and still accumulating that you don't even start drawing on until later in your retirement. Exactly. So you know, now we've gone from the stool to the ladder, right? 
Um, yeah. It's a matter of laddering those things out. So I don't want to generate $300,000 a year for you right now if you're only spending two hundred. Um, and have you pay tax on 100 you don't need when it could be growing and that could become 150 later on down the road. So it's a matter of not only putting them in safe, predictable vehicles, but then laddering them out so that we turn them on as we need to due to their life changes or inflation or you know any other reason that we want to get more money. Yeah, and you had mentioned earlier people are just living longer in general, so they, they need more money to to retire. But I think also a lot of Americans nowadays are probably undershooting what they really need to be saving for retirement because they, they don't think about, well, I might live 20, 30 years and how much money is that actually going to cost when nowadays a lot of people are actually finding it difficult just because of the cost of living, healthcare, everything else to just to you know, sort of just put money away. So that's why you can never really start too early when you're you're thinking about these things, right? That's true. And you know, another another point I'll bring up that we're well known for, but I, I think it's always important to come back to is as a as a broad planner and and holistic um, you know retirement you know complete advisor. We have tools that that we're going to bring up that that maybe other advisors wouldn't, and, and one of those that we're real proud of is is, is real estate. And for for a lot of clients, they they like a, maybe a couple of those legs on that stool to be based on on real estate. They look at that as something that's more solid ground. Um, and I think it's a, a very appropriate conversation. So if 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 you like real estate or you want that to be part of your portfolio. What we do with our private lending program um, has been instrumental for a lot of our clients in generating some nice income into their into their household when it, when it comes to retirement. Yeah, and from you know from a carpenter's perspective, the more tools you have in your toolbox, the better, right? The easier to diversify, and the easier it is to to build that stool. So, what about we were talking about? pensions. And I know that what we're talking about is kind of like a pension because we're receiving income regularly after retirement. Is is that really kind of the, you know, one of the main tools that we use to build a retirement income plan? Or am I kind of misunderstanding how it works? No, I mean, I think you're hitting it. There's, we can get down to splitting hairs here. So let's say I have a million dollars sitting in a savings account and I decide I'm going to draw $50,000 a year out of it to supplement the rest of my income. Is that income? Well, it's acting like income. I mean, I'm, I'm taking it, I'm receiving it, I'm spending it, but it's not really income in my, on my, at my table. That's yeah, a spend down. Spend down, right? Yeah, you're yeah, just return spending down. Yeah. So taking some of that and positioning in, su- in such a way that it accumulates and also lasts forever as an actual true income stream is more, uh, it's, it's more what I do here. That's, okay. we're, we're not big on spend down. Yeah, I mean to take that a step further, Jess. It's a million distributed at fifty thousand uh, a year is going to last for twenty years if 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 it's not growing, right? right. Or losing? Oh, oh, yeah. Or it, so that's the point. It could so that fifty thousand a year. That's twenty years. But if if it's not on if it's not in a stable account, it might only last for ten years. Uh, if if you're losing it. There, but if you are actually earning some some return on it, you might be able to stretch that to thirty years. So. That that's really where the planning comes in is where what is the, the the source for that income the derivative of that income and where where have you put that million dollars to generate that income 
and I'll, I'll tell you, or I'll give you a, t- a clue right now. If you come into Jess and, and that, that's what you're looking to put to work, that's not all going to go in one bucket. That's going to be diversified over several income strategies um, with specific tax consideration and tax strategy behind that and then overlaid into a, a laddered income plan with timing being top of mind. So now you're, you're mixing metaphors a little bit. We've got stools. We've got buckets. I'm getting a little bit I'm getting a little bit confused get here. Out, get out of the garage, Sean. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that's interesting that you know you you're talking about timing because regardless of how much income you need during retirement, regardless of what your target lifestyle is, part of the retirement strategy is about making the money last longer, right? Making it last as as long as possible. So what are some of the things you have to kind of think about? when planning that strategy just to make it last longer don't lose it yeah risk, yeah risk definitely risk you know there's there's the risk reward return everybody says the greater the risk right the greater the reward they always forget to say the greater the potential loss so at that point you know most of my clients come in with enough money that we're going to be okay no matter how we do it and it's just mm-hmm. a matter of getting as efficient tax wise as possible and making sure we don't lose anything but when we're cutting it close i've got clients that come in it's you know it's 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 iffy when i first look at it and we've got to get creative and it's a matter of either ramping down budget or ramping up risk i mean there's there's really no other alternative other than winning the lottery so it's about it's about finding that comfortable middle ground where everybody can plan for it and enjoy their retirement without exposing themselves to too much risk and not having to ratchet down their lifestyle too much yeah and there's ways to 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 put guarantees in place if if i I want you to ensure part of my income and, and have it guaranteed by by a legitimate, you know, A-rated institution that I can I can look at them as a as a backstop to risk, then you, you can deliver that, which is which is really special because people come in, Sean, and they're like, you know, everybody kind of has this this idea of 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 yeah, that's guaranteed, right? I mean they, they a lot of people just think almost any investment's guaranteed. Well I understand, you know, it could it could be at risk a little bit, but generally that's that's guaranteed. No, most investments absolutely are Very not few. guaranteed. But you do have some guaranteed uh, investments when we're talking about guaranteed income, predictable income, pension vehicles. So that for those listeners that are looking for that, that I, I would say reach out to us just, just on that point. If you don't have enough guarantee, actual guaranteed income for you to feel comfortable, you and your spouse in retirement, what what are you going to do about it? That's a that's a that's the million dollar question. Yeah, that's huge. Literally. Yeah, and that that's interesting that that you said ramping up risk sometimes because typically we want to phase out risk over time, but phasing out risk doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to have enough income because you're not generally accumulating or you're not getting the the higher yields. So sometimes you do have to actually ramp up risk. When people come in with unrealistic expectations, we will put together a spectrum of plan from here's here's what I think you should do. This makes the most sense, but it's going to mean, you know, living a reasonable lifestyle as opposed to trying to live like you're 35 or 40 with a big paycheck while you're, you know, 20 years into your retirement. Okay. So typically I don't ramp up risk, but we will show both ends of the spectrum and let the client make their own decision. Okay. Well, again, if you folks out there listening to this want to learn a little bit more about our philosophy for retirement income planning, join us at a retirement blueprint dinner. You can go to noblecapital.com, click on retirement dinners, and you can RSVP right there on the site. We'll be back in just a second.
1970. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. And we're back. If you just tuned in, we've been talking about planning a retirement income strategy built for the modern economy, right? That's really what the thrust of all this is about. There's the idea of the three-legged stool, which is three income streams that people have typically built their retirement on. But nowadays, it's more like a one-legged or a one-and-a-half-legged stool because that that line of thinking is just not realistic nowadays, uh, the way most people's finances are, the way the economy works. So obviously, you have seen a lot of clients come through the door over the years, and you guys are bound to have seen some really terribly constructed stools, so to speak. You know, people come in here with just not enough income streams or maybe haven't even thought about it. So what's something that sticks out in your mind? You know, as far as it, it, there's a combination of haven't thought about it and thought about it incorrectly. Um, there's a vehicle out there that is appropriate in many scenarios, but not all, called a REIT, the Real Estate Investment Trust. Um, and I had a client that came in that was involved with a, a, a whole bunch of different investments in different REITs. And his plan was to rely on the REIT to do what it was supposed to do. So in two years, this is going to pay a certain amount, and then I'm going to dump the property, and you're going to get your money back, and then he was going to reinvest it. The problem is he didn't read the fine print and didn't realize that a lot of times these REITs don't perform the way they're supposed to, and you don't really have any options for getting out of it. So if somebody is supposed to give you a certain percentage back, and then they're going to sell the property a certain time, and the market changes a little bit, now they can't sell the property for what they wanted to, so they're hanging on to it longer. In the meantime, they're still trying to pay interest, so they're having to get more for the property to be able to do what they said they were going to do in a scenario where the property's worth even less, and you end up having to wait out a full cycle for it. Um, he had no idea. He thought that you know this REIT said I was going to get paid back in two years. That's the way it was going to be. So it was a big eye-opening when I had him go back and visit with his investor that had lined him up and all that. He came back to the next appointment just amazed at, at the position he was in. Good, Jess. Yeah, maybe we, maybe I missed it. Did you explain what a REIT is? So it's, a, it's a real estate investment trust, and it's a it's it's a fund type scenario. And I hesitate to use that because it's, that's not what we have here. But it, uh, somebody it collectively gathers funds from a group of people and then invests in a property. Most of the time, the intent is to build it up, lease it out, and then sell it. Um, and in a perfect world, when things go perfectly well, it's a decent uh, investment. But there are a lot of variables that can affect that, and the biggest issue that I have with them is timing. It doesn't always work out the way you thought it was going to. So if you're relying on something to happen at a certain time in your retirement, that's probably not the way to go. Yeah. these I, I call them five- to seven-year plans, or, or excuse me, five- to seven plans because they typically take five- to seven years uh, to, to, to get your money back. Two years is very short. Yeah. And typically they re- they say they return five- to seven-percent interest. So – the the issue is, as Jess described, is the underlying nature of the real estate is you own this portfolio of shopping malls or assisted living facilities or office buildings, and those don't just turn overnight. There could right. you have to lease them up. There's all kinds of you're running a, a full on real estate operation, management operation, and that that's what the success of the read is dependent on. But you know, John, my my kind of tells. From the trenches on this is is another real estate uh, you know related um, case where I have a client who doesn't have children and isn't worried about leaving their their home and for that matter really any of their assets to to their heirs 
and um, they have a, about a million dollar property that's paid off. And we, we see this quite a bit. Justin, I have, you know, I'm sure you see it all the time um, with appreciating home values in Central Texas. But one of the things that we've discovered, and this is this is relatively new, almost hot off the presses, is there as reverse mortgages have become more mainstream and more fair for the client, they typically have a, a bad kind of negative connotation because they weren't regulated. But there's some amazing reverse mortgage products now that that allow a couple, and, and this is what I've been able to help this couple with is to find a reverse mortgage where they can actually start drawing down the equity in their home. And one of the secrets here is that that money they're pulling down is tax-free. Mm, so it's, okay. it's it's another real estate-related tax-free income vehicle for those that that it's not important to leave those, those assets to. So we were able to sure up their three-legged stool with a tax-free pension from the equity in their home. Okay. And, and the, the terms made a lot of financial sense. And is it tax-free because they've already paid tax on their home as they were paying their mortgage, right? That's, that's correct. Okay. Well, that's that's actually pretty interesting. I'm not really very familiar with with that with the reverse method, mortgage. but, but if, it's if you definitely if you're a listener and you want to you want to learn more about that, I, again, I would say reach out. We've we've got the ability to to take a look at that tax strategy and income strategy for you. Yeah. Well, you guys have a you know a lot of secrets up your sleeves when it comes to income planning for sure. And every time we record an episode, it's uh, it's definitely brand new knowledge for me most of the time. But can you put your money where your mouth is? This is where my esteemed co-hosts have to come up with a phrase related to this week's episode, and I get to decide how they have to deliver it. Every week, I seal the guidelines for the game in the envelope and I open it on air so they never know what to expect. If I stump them, they have to give my retirement income some additional legs by funding my pension. You guys up for that? Yeah, you didn't say how much a pension's going to be, so sure, whatever. <laughs> oh, you got me. All right, well, let's let her rip. All right, guys. In any number of words, sum up today's episode, but you must use a carpentry analogy. While the guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together, I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, that is your time. What do you got for me? All right, I'll go first. All right. Um, so you you alluded earlier to having more and more tools in your toolbox, um, but as all carpenters know, you're hauling that toolbox around from job site to job site. So you've got to be selective. So based mm. on that, I would say select your tools carefully. That's great. But, you know, I didn't think about it from that angle either. So you got to have the right tools for the job, and you don't want to just carry every tool out there around with you, do you? Nope. That's good. I Jayden, like that one. What did you come up with? All right, sir. Here it is. Don't saw your legs off your retirement stool. 
Hey, that's a good one too. That's a good one. So I guess if, if you did saw the legs off, probably wood glue wouldn't really work very well to, to repair that, would it? Or at least don't do it while you're sitting on it. That, that would be my main thing. Yeah, I thought Jess. Maybe for Jess, it's 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 cool to saw your saw your shotgun off, uh, the, the, not not the legs <laughs> exactly. off of your retirement like stool, right? Yeah. <laughs> as long as you fill out a form four and go through the proper channels, that's well, correct. Well, it's got to be what length, by the way, and for the listeners? It's eighteen inches. Eighteen inches. Okay, so keep it at eighteen. All right. Well, and for folks out there thinking about retirement, when you retire, you got to have somewhere to sit, so you need a nice stable stool to retire on. So, with that terrible analogy, <laughs> Sean, that sounded dirty. <laughs> Clean it up there. <laughs> That's the Noble Capital Radio Hour for this week. I'm Jaden. I'm Jeff. And I'm Sean. And remember, life is short. Plan to enjoy it. We'll see you back here next week. All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. The information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed in this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create an advice or client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly-owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principals, which may include the speakers and guests featured on this radio program, may receive compensation from the sale of financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of Acute Financial, Noble Capital, and Streamline Funding.